It's that time of year. MBA students in the Great White North, aka Canada, are preparing to graduate from the MBA programs. Their dreams of M of uh, consulting and investment banking have been burst for the vast majority. But for the thousands of others who will be applying, obviously MBA schools are selling them these wonderful dreams about consulting careers. I'm not going to focus on investment banking because obviously I don't know enough about that. But uh, I'm going to talk about management consulting here and Canadian MBA programs in general. And for those of you who are wondering why we're talking about Canadian MBA programs, because we are based out of Toronto, downtown Toronto. So we obviously get a lot of people talking to us about Canadian MBA programs. And um, the one great thing about firms consulting is that we do not accept any forms of sponsorship or monetary compensation in any form whatsoever from, from MBA programs or from consulting firms so we can you know, tell it like it is which is what we're going to do in this particular podcast. Um, we are doing research um, on other MBA programs. I mean, we can speak very easily about the US MBA programs and we'll do that. In fact, some of the comments I'm going to make here today will be about the US MBA, prog MBA programs as well. And we'll be putting out similar podcasts which talks about the value of certain MBA programs or the disvalue, if that's a word, uh, in places like Brazil, London, South Africa, Australia, Singapore, and so on. But I think it's important given the amounts at stake here. So let's just recap, right? A program like Rotman will cost you something like $105,000 just for tuition, excluding all the ex uh, miscellaneous expenses, living allowances, and so on, over two years. I think the Rotman program is two years at the University of Toronto. Other big programs in Canada anyway, and most of you may not even know these programs, is at, the, at York University, the Schulich School of Business, I think is also a two-year program and roughly... I think it's a lot cheaper, if I'm not mistaken, something around $70,000. And then um, the Richard Ivey School of Business at the University of um, Western Ontario, now Western University, um, probably the oldest program here, charges something in the region like $80,000 for foreign students over just one year. So, you know, if you adjust that for uh, timelines, um, obviously Ivey is far more expensive than uh, any program in the world, I think it is, um, including Harvard, for that matter. So the numbers here, in terms of what you're going to have to put up, is quite staggering, and I think candidates need to know what's at stake. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to give you the unvarnished truth in terms of what you need to prepare what you need to know, and what you need to keep in the back of your head. And in fact, some of the things I'm going to tell you will be news to you. Others you may disagree with, and I'd welcome you to do a to fact check it, But because we've done the same, so you could you know, pretty much corroborate what we're saying. But also, I want to point out the fallacy of people spending so much time just looking at MBA programs to determine if they will get into consulting firms, because that's a big myth that I'm going to address at the end. So let's look at the numbers, right? Just look at what is the market for consulting talent in Canada? Well, Canada, although the world's 11th largest economy, I would say punches far below its weight in terms of the number of consultants. So you've got McKinsey, which has an office in Toronto, Montreal, and I think Calgary, three offices, nothing in Vancouver. BCG has one, I think they plan to open another office, and Bain has one small office. You know, Bain's typical response, we're small, we're the fastest growing, blah, blah, blah. The point is they're a little midget in Canada with a very few people. So, Booz does not have an office here. Ali K does not have an office. Roland Berger does not have an office. Monitor has an office, um, small office, smallish office. Deloitte has an office. Um, Accenture has an office. The point is, some of the really big firms like Booz, Ali K, um, um, Roland Berger do not have consulting, does not have a consulting presence in Canada. So even though they may be the world's 11th largest economy, their proximity to the United States means that, well, pretty much you just need to 
jump across the border if you want to do consulting projects. So there's no reason to place these large consulting teams on the ground within Canada. I mean, McKinsey is unusual in the sense they've gone for um, uh, Montreal, Toronto, and Calgary. And there are some justifications. I think the first one is that uh, under Gupta, McKinsey did make a huge push to open up many offices across the world. But also, I think that the oil boom in uh, Calgary has been calling for specialized knowledge in terms of servicing companies there. But even that said, I mean, the, the McKinsey Toronto office is smaller than the Johannesburg South Africa Toronto office. And I mean, South Africa is what the world's 22nd largest economy is the size of Colombia. Yeah, sure, it's a member of BRICS officially, but you know, that's for political reasons. So, in terms of consultants per capita, Canada doesn't feature in the top 20 economies. In fact, Canada punches way below its weight in terms of the number of consultants it needs because of its proximity to the United States. So remember that when you're in applying to consulting. Remember that you've got Canada, which is on par with Australia, I think, in, in the fact that you've got these two economies that have a very well-developed educational system Unlike the United States where you've got this massive disparity between schools, you know, where you have these ultra-elite schools and you've got these community colleges, in Canada, they, you know, you could go to a middle-of-the-pack school and you can end up doing very well because of the, um, the what's the word I'm looking for, the, the, the range and the qualities of the schools are not as large as in the United States. It bears a very big similarity to Australia in that regard. So what you've got is you've got the, a lot of schools right producing candidates to go to into offices that per capita take in less people than in other parts of the world mckinsey has three offices bcg has one and bain has one right so in terms of the demand for consulting skills it's smaller because there are fewer offices but more than that americans and Europeans can also be placed into f into Canadian offices. So if you think about this logically, the demand is smaller, right? And the supply into that demand is even bigger because you've got Canadians, Americans, and Europeans applying for those offices. So it, that's what makes the Canadian office particularly tough to get into, right? So the odds of you placing is very, very high. Or very, very low, actually. Sorry, it's very, very low. But let's look at some of the numbers, right? I know that... When candidates talk to um, graduates of consulting firms, I would take everything the graduate tells you and discount it by the highest possible whack you can find. The point is this. The reality does not meet historical numbers. Let's take a famous school like the Richard Ivey School of Business. Back in the day, a few years ago, eight years ago, Richard Ivey Business School, School of Business, as they always correct me, was one of the most elite business schools in the world. I mean, it was... It was one of the best business schools outside the United States. I've Some of the best BCG people that ever came out and entered the firm came from the Richard Ivey School of Business. Some of the best Deloitte people have come there. Some of the best McKinsey people have come from the Richard Ivey School of Business. But over the last few years, the f school has fallen in its rankings. And I, I know what people are going to tell me. They're going to say rankings don't mean much. Yes, they don't mean much. But if a school falls in a ranking that it voluntarily participates in, then by, its, by the mere fact that it voluntarily participates in a ranking, we can deduce that it accepts the ranking weightings and the um, rigor of the ranking. And if it accepts the rigor of the ranking, it cannot come back and tell us that it doesn't accept the ranking. And the fact that Richard Ivy is falling in rankings that it voluntarily participates in will tell us something about the quality of the school. And secondly, assuming the ranking is all wrong, the fact that the schools that have consistently done well 
continue to aggregate at the top and IV has been falling further and further behind is a worrying, worrying sign. And if that is not enough, you look at the number of people coming out of the school. So I was at um, Rotman a few days ago when I got back from Brazil. And I was talking to the Rotman candidates, and they were telling me, well, you know, it's not like at Richard Ivy, where we know that in a much many more people get placed. And I said, hold on a second, what do you mean by that? They said, well, you know, Ivy is a traditional consulting powerhouse, so more people get placed. And I said, okay, that may be true in the past, but they're not a powerhouse anymore. If you look at the real numbers, I think that last year, last year's MBA program, I don't think anyone from from Richard Ivy went into McKinsey. I think one person went into Bain. Two people went into BCG, and only one went into BCG Canada. The other one went into BCG China. This year, I think only one person went into Bain, one person went into McKinsey, and one person rejected BCG. So three again. Three out of 170 people, that ain't good. That's less than what? That's about 2% to 2% of the class is going into uh, management consulting at the elite firms. Um, at Harvard, you're looking at something close to maybe between 5 and 10%. So the numbers are not comparable, right? Rotman is going to be the same thing. You know, the numbers are going to be low. You're looking at two to three people maybe from the MBA program. So check the numbers and ignore anecdotal evidence. People will tell you the school is strong at placing people into consulting are generally talking about the historical um, track record the school had is not its current track record, right? So what I'm trying to say here is if you have if you are looking to join a school to get you into consulting in Canada the answer is there's no such school that will guarantee you that period that said there is no such school that will guarantee you that anywhere in the world you could go to INSEAD you could go to Harvard but if you've got a poor track record you don't prepare well and you cannot think like a consultant you're not going to get the offer so the moral of the story here is this obviously going to a strong school will help you, right? And Rotman, Ivy, and Sean, they are good schools, right? But they don't place many people into management consulting. Why don't they place many, many people into management consulting? It's not the school's fault. Well, it is the school's fault, but not in the way you think. People always assume that if I go to Harvard, Harvard's going to magically wave a wand and I'm going to turn into this consulting superstar. It doesn't work that way. You know, garbage in, garbage out. If you allow in mediocre people, you're going to get mediocre graduates. And I think that is the failing of Canadian business schools. They, they, while GMAT is not a perfect reflection of how well you'll do, we've placed people with 610 GMATs into consulting firms and 630 and so on. By and large, it's a pretty good approximate approximator of what was going to happen. Canadian business schools take average GMATs of 660 and all the way down to 560. There's no way people who are going to be good at math and are natural fit for consulting firms are going to be scoring 610 on average and 600 on average and end up in business schools. So the point is, I think where ca Canadian schools are failing is they're taking in the wrong group of people. And they have their own reasons for doing it. But I would say that when you are considering a Canadian program, do not assume this is the mistake people make. They think that, okay, the business school is going to vet me, and if the business school lets me in, therefore I must be good enough to get into a consulting firm. That doesn't apply. The business school is going to vet you for their needs, and if they let you in, it doesn't confer any extra greatness on you that's going to allow you to become a great consultant, whether it's Ivy, Rotman, or Schulich, or whatever the other schools are. The same in Harvard and Wharton. Just because Harvard lets you in doesn't mean you're going to dazzle all the interviewers with your consulting skills. If you struggled and broke your back to get in, 
you're going to have to break your back to stand out again. The point is not just going to become, well, I got into Harvard now, let me just sail in and I'll make it. Same with Ivy. You know, Ivy produces what, the second most number of cases, although I've seen INSEAD trotting out the same statistics. They all say they're second to Harvard in terms of the number of cases produced. doesn't matter to me. The point is, the heavy case-based schools, just because you get in, doesn't mean you're one of the great people. You, you, you're competing with a group that has a 660 average on the GMAT. That's pretty low, actually. So bottom line is that getting into the school does not confer on the fact that they haven't vetted you to see if you'll be a great consultant. Let me put it that way. So you are going to spend $80,000 for Ivy and $120,000 for Rockman. This is excluding opportunity costs, excluding living allowances, excluding all these international trips they take and so on. You better make damn sure that you've done the research to understand not... You must be... This is what you need to be sure of. Do you have what it takes to get into a consulting firm irrespective of the school you got into? That is the check you need to do. If your test is, where, if, if you are thinking to yourself, I got into Ivy, I'm now I'm a shoe in for consulting, then you are wrong. And do not spend $80,000, do not spend $120,000 at Rotten. It's not going to work that way. You've got to ask yourself two things. Irrespective of the school I get into, do I have the undergraduate, the work experience, and do I think I will get the grades to get me an interview? First question. Second question, if I get the interview, will I be able to learn the skills to get an offer conferred upon me? So, when you are considering an MBA program, do not assume just by getting into the MBA program you are now set up for a consulting interview and a consulting placement. It does not work that way. We deal with many disappointed Canadian um, graduates and we deal with many people. We reject a lot of people in Canada because they come in with this mindset saying, I'm in at Ivy now, work with me. I'm in at Rockman, work. It does not work that way. You need to prove to us that you have the skills. Well, forget about us. Prove to yourself because it's your money at the end, uh, on the table. You've got to prove to yourself that you have the skills. And let me tell you something. When you visit Rockman Schulich, uh, Saudi, I think it is, in, in, um, in Vancouver, um, Ivy and so on, you need to, to ask the right questions to know if you can use the MBA program as a stepping stone into management consultant. The question isn't whether McKinsey recruits here. Yeah, they all recruit them, but when's the last time they recruited? How many did they recruit? The question is not whether McKinsey recruits, it's how many did they recruit? And what percentage is, is that of the total? And the school can spin whatever story they want, but it comes down to two things. The school is letting in the wrong kind of people, which means you are the problem. It's not the school's fault. The school is mistaken for false advertising, in my opinion, but you need to do your own homework. Make sure that you have the profile before you arrive at consulting, before you arrive at the MBA program, sorry, to be attractive to consulting firms. Being in the MBA program by itself doesn't make you attractive to consulting firms. I've seen people who had been previously not getting a McKinsey interview, right? There's a couple of the tests you want to ask yourself. How many people were McKinsey, BCG, Bain analysts on Rollenberger and then went into one of the Canadian schools. That's a pretty good test for me to see whether the school is a finishing school for consultants and prepares people to be associates or, you know, at BCG the level is called a consultant once they graduate. That's the first thing I'd look at. The second one is I want to know how many people actually got placed from these. How many, uh, historical numbers, how many got placed. Business schools like telling you who recruits. 
who recruits is irrelevant. It's the quality, not the quantity. You want to know the n sorry. In this case, it's the qu it's the quantity that counts, not the not the number of recruiters. So you want to know how many people got placed at Bain, how many people got placed at BCG, and be very careful of this. A lot of these schools are quite sneaky. They report undergraduate and post and MBA together. They'll combine it. And the one thing about Canadian schools is the undergraduate programs are very very strong. Internationally, they are renowned undergraduate program. I'm not saying the business schools are bad at all. What I'm saying is that the candidates they are letting in on average assume that because they have been let in, they have been vetted to be McKinsey, BCG quality, and that's the mistake you're making. So what you need to do is you need to look at the um, at the number of people placed and the historical numbers. Forget about rankings. Rankings are not important. You know, you, when you do some of the searches, you're going to find schools like Ivy producing hundreds of people in consulting, but that was before. It's what counts over the last five years. I would look at the last, maybe even three years rankings, count more for even the last five years. Look at the actual numbers, split it out by undergrad and MBA, and also split, split out the number of people coming in to do the MBAs that were analysts at some of the big firms. That tells you a lot about the quality of the program, right? More than that, you should look at your own potential because your own potential is the biggest indicator of how you will perform in the long term. And I would absolutely urge you to look at whether you have the undergraduate score, whether you have the capability, whether your resume looks good enough to get the offer. Because remember, I mean, if you went into Ivy, you join in April, in September they're recruiting. There's not a lot you can do in your MBA program to get an interview except maybe maintain the trajectory you had. But, you, but it's going to be very rare for you to do something magical in six months to get um, interviews and offers. Rockman may be a little bit different, you know, because you've got a year to prove yourself. You've got an internship, and then you've got you've got a chance to go in for the final year. So there's a little bit more options. But again, going to Rockman doesn't automatically make you better, you know. So think to yourself, you know, if I went to Rockman, am I relying too much on Rockman or Ivy or Schulich to make me better than I am? And if the answer is yes, then I think you're making a tragic mistake, because business schools are not fairy godmothers. They do not turn you into a princess or prince with one touch of the wand. I'll leave it at that. If you have any questions, please feel free to post a comment.